Hello everyone, I'm Mark Squires from Fidelity Investments, host of FinPoint. Welcome to season three of the podcast. To our longtime listeners, welcome back. And for our new listeners, thanks so much for joining us. I am thrilled to be back for our third season. FinPoint tackles topics that impact everyone across the financial services industry, from advisors and firm principals to home offices and investors. We have candid conversations about emerging trends, and we talk about ways to drive growth. Our goal is to spur new thinking, get the ideas flowing, and help our listeners look at things in new and different ways. In this season, we're going to get much more tactical than before. We want our listeners to walk away from each episode having learned something new, something they can tape back and use in their practice right away. But as we always do, let's stop for a minute and look back at our FinPoint journey so far. Season one, we talked about Fidelity's advice value stack, the AVS as we like to call it, which was inspired by some work done at Bain & Company. The AVS is a framework which describes how investors assign value in the advice relationship. While our industry has traditionally focused on managing the money, there is tremendous opportunity for advisors to deliver even more value to clients and at higher levels of the advice value stack. Now, value can mean different things to different people and at different times. But we know that when clients find your service valuable, they are more likely to give you their time, their money, their attention, and even their referrals. So in those early episodes, we went deep in the advice value stack, its four levels, and how moving up the stack is a strategy for growth. That was the what. Season two, we went into the how. If the advice value stack explains what investors want, our growth engines describe how advisors can deliver it. We heard about each of the four growth engine strategies, sustainability quotient, digital quotient, intelligence quotient, and lastly, emotional quotient. We also spoke with a bunch of advisors to hear their stories of using the growth engines in their firms to deliver the highest level of value. And now we arrive at season three. I said it was going to be much more tactical. Well, in season three, we're going to talk all about financial planning, but I don't want to get into deep here on planning just yet. Let's step back and talk a little bit about the past year and how much it's changed our industry. I mean, 2020 was certainly a unique year for everyone. Let's bring in our friend Sanjeev Merchandani, head of the Fidelity Institutional Client Relationship Group, to start the conversation. You'll recall Sanjeev last joined us in season one, and we're thrilled to have him back. Sanjeev, great to see you. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Mark. So let's start off with an easy question. Maybe some reflections on 2020. You're responsible for three and a half trillion in assets, thousands of client relationships, multiple sales opportunity. Here's a couple highlights from 2020. We had a pandemic. We had the shortest bear market in history. We had the highest close of the VIX. Oh, and by the way, we had a presidential election. Unpack all of that. Tell us your reflections and how did Fidelity fare in the midst of so many different challenges? Wow, that's a big question. I thought you were going to serve me up a softball. But, you know, I'll quote uh, a great quote I heard the other day where, uh, you know, I guess it was a historian who said, there are decades where not much happens, and then there are years where decades happen. And I think that was one of those years. We all know that. Um, It's one for the history books. But what an extraordinary year. For all the reasons you just highlighted, so much happened. It was remarkable that in 2020, in spite of all the history that happened, the markets continue to grow and the level of flows we saw in the business were extraordinary. 
And, um, you know, uh, I saw a number of interesting trends uh, that complement what we've seen as long-term changes in the industry. The first is unprecedented levels of retail engagement. Um, if we had known that, you know, in March, we would have had a pandemic start across the country and markets collapse, uh, and then to think that we ended the year the way we did and the amount of retail engagement we saw was just extraordinary. We did $126 billion in net new money to Fidelity Institutional across all our segments, registered investment advisors, family office, wealth management platforms, and banks. And then our sister company, Personal Investments, saw a record number of accounts opened online. What I think is going on is uh, this demographic sweet spot we're in as an industry, where you still have retiring baby boomers with a lot of cash. You have Gen X coming into their peak accumulation years in their 40s. But then you have a new investment generation coming in online as well and discovering investing. And that's the millennials and then Gen Z, not far behind them, that are monster generations that are in their 20s and 30s now and getting engaged. Now, some of the behavior, investment behavior we've seen perhaps is not good and conducive for long-term investing, like the GameStop phenomenon. But when you put that aside, you are seeing broad-based engagement by a whole new generation in the markets. And I think that can only be good for the industry going forward. Yeah, and I don't think financial services was the only industry to experience that higher level of client engagement. So I'm thinking that's a trend we will see permeate our work in many ways to come. What else, Sanjeev, did you see? The second thing that I think 2020 changed uh, was it provided a huge accelerant to the process of digitization. Um, when you ask customers what they want, uh, whether they want high touch or high tech, they say, yes, they want both. Um, and certainly the value of good old fashioned advice is only going to grow. We're going to talk about that through the course of this podcast. But at the same time, people also want to visit their money. They want to do online transactions by themselves. They want their life to be convenient. Uh, and we've seen huge step ups in digitization across every service category where people are doing more online. The productivity of advisors stayed high. They were able to connect with their clients on Zoom and avenues like that. The flip side of that is the sense of human connection was definitely uh, lost during the pandemic to some extent. It's harder to build new relationships. So I think we're all waiting for the world to come back to normal post-vaccine, but it won't come back to normal exactly the way it did. Uh, there will probably be a new normal where we can use the digital channels, particularly video, to cement relationships with existing clients. But to form those new relationships, we'll still have to do it the old-fashioned way with uh, shoe leather and visits and all of that good stuff. You said that famous line, the new normal. How do you think that's going to play out for talent management? And where and how will people be working in the future? I think there's an open question about the future of work and workforces. I talked a little bit about what return to work might look like. I think every employer is grappling with that. There are some not so easy questions, particularly because there's not going to be a binary end to the pandemic. It will be a gradual end. And while we wait for things to return completely to normal, we'll be getting back to work. We'll be getting slowly back to normal. Uh, and we'll be dealing with questions. How do we keep the workplace safe? Uh, what, what do vaccination policies look like? What do travel policies look like? At the same time, one of the things that made 2020 such a historic year was the increased emphasis on diversity and inclusion across the entire country. And every employer is dealing with that. We in the advisory business definitely need more diversity in the advisor population in years to come, more women, more people of color, more ethnic minorities. And I think every firm is thinking about how they will achieve that over the next several years. 
Yes, our industry has been engaging in a lot of conversations on diversity issues this year. I think there's a recognition of the benefits of a more diverse workplace. And I know a lot of people, including myself, have been trying to take an active role to drive an inclusive workplace. It's important work, especially because firms with a diverse team of advisors may have a better chance of meeting the needs of an increasingly diverse investor population. Let's bring it back to the core of our business, investing. We saw a lot of activity last year. You said that earlier. Tell me a bit more about what you saw. The last point is some shifts in the investment landscape. So initially, uh, during the pandemic, retail investors kind of sat out some of the equity market surges. We saw outflows in equity market funds um, in parts of 2020. Fixed income still got some more flows. But this seems to have changed. Uh, They're back to positive. Uh, There's a lot of online trading going on, as you know, fueled by zero commissions. Uh, But there also seems to be a comeback for value investing and active management. So we've seen record flows into our Fidelity active mutual funds in first quarter of this year so far. We've never seen trends like this in a while. Um, And, you know, there seems to be this shift happening in the market. Uh, Time will tell whether it's sustained between growth and value. Growth did really well till November 5th, 2020, and then value surged up to November 5th, 2020. What's the magic in that date? That's the date the Pfizer vaccine was announced. And the markets, I think, made a collective judgment that that life was going to return to normal and some of the cyclicals that had been beaten down were probably attractive values. So I'll stop going on and on, but uh, obviously I could talk about 2020 forever, but those are some of the shifts in the landscape we saw in 2020. So we could spend a a ton of time going through each of those. I did have one follow-up question I was curious. You know, do you agree that uh, in the pandemic, conventional thinking was sort of dumped on its head and you think about how customers will engage with their advisors moving forward. Maybe before that, we thought that it was the millennials that wanted a digital experience, that wanted to use video capabilities. But now, do you agree that we've learned that, you know, baby boomers, all different ages uh, of customers will want to engage with advisors differently post-pandemic? Yeah, definitely. I Look, I think, and notwithstanding everything I said, the bottom line for advisors is good. There has been a net um, Uh, inadequate supply of new advisors in the industry. Hopefully that changes going forward. But the demand side for advice is timeless. Um, We are in a demographic sweet spot. I talked about that earlier. Um, And we came up with a concept in 2017 called the value stack about how advisors add value that I think has stood the test of time. And without getting into it in too much detail, the bottom part of it is the basics of money management uh, and all the things we do around investment, tax planning, retirement income planning, estate planning, and so on and so forth. But as you climb the stack and layers of value that you add to your customers, um, you go from there to think, helping them plan for their goals, giving them peace of mind, freedom from a world of worry. And ultimately, it is all about self-actualization. What do you want your time on this planet to represent? And money, of course, at the end of the day, is a means to that end. But what is that end and how do you channel money effectively towards that? So. Um, you know, it, it, it actually sounds a little theoretical, uh, maybe a little bit new age, but it's actually out there. And there are advisors working on that every single day. We have one today. I've been fortunate enough to become good friends with Seth Streeter from Mission Wealth. I heard him talk about his story a few years ago uh, at a conference in California that we conducted. And I was immediately struck by his sincerity his way of describing how he does this for his clients. And I won't uh, steal his thunder. He'll tell you his story himself. But I do think that he's a great example of an advisor who manages money for his clients, um, but also 
helps them think about what the purpose of that money is and live a life um, that is consistent with their values and their dreams. So I look forward to hearing from Seth during the rest of this discussion. Sanjeev, thanks so much for your perspectives today. Thank you. Well, let me welcome Seth Streeter, joining us by phone today of Mission Wealth. Seth resides in sunny Santa Barbara, but his firm has grown to have a national footprint across the U.S. Seth, welcome and thanks so much for being here. Thank you, Mark. It's great to be with you. So let me get you caught up. We just spent some time talking with Sanjeev Merchandani of Fidelity about the incredible events of 2020. Tell me a bit more about what you saw in your clients in 2020. How have you seen or have you seen your clients' values change over the past year and maybe what new priorities have emerged? Well, you know, the pandemic, I think, was truly a wake-up call for many. We switched to working from home and we found that, you know, more time with family, maybe taking daily walks in nature, time to pursue new hobbies was actually a nice addition to life. And so when the world opens back up, uh, I know many are not looking forward to jumping back into their daily commutes and spending all the time in the office and being maybe traveling more, being away from home more, and not being able to wear shorts or sweatpants as much as they did during 2020. So client values we have seen really kind of wake up, and they've started to reflect on life priorities and how they might need to make pivots in their lives. And we actually developed virtual programs to support our clients on this journey last year. And it's been really incredible to see the engagement. We hosted what are called inspired talks where we bring in experts on different subjects like mastering transitions, finding purpose, decluttering your home, tips for health and longevity, or how to have emotional resilience. And we also created what we call wisdom share social events where clients have the opportunity to connect with each other and share their life wisdom across life, uh, different life dimensions. So these types of programs really provided uh, impact and inspiration and social connection to help people during this time. And I don't think that, again, receptivity would have been there prior to the pandemic. So much good stuff there. You just you hope that so much of that continues. Absolutely. And I think it will. I mean, we're finding that, you know, this uh, last year has really deepened our connection with clients and allowed us to really cement ourselves as their trusted advisor, but also coach in many ways and, and confidant. So I absolutely expect that trend to continue. Seth, I have so many other things I want to ask you, but we're running out of time. Let's end with this one question, and we're going to ask every guest the same question this season. It's about best practices. If you could give one piece of advice to planners, what would it be? Well, I would tell them that we are not just in the financial guidance business. We are in the human transformation business. You know, we are in a privileged seat when clients open up to us and share their hopes and their fears and their dreams. And if we just keep our conversation on that kind of surface mental level, we're missing an opportunity to use a financial planning conversation as a, a Trojan horse, if you will, to open into deeper conversation. So, yes, we're here to help them optimize their finances. That's typically where, where we start. But we also can support them in optimizing their, their lives. Uh, another quick example, uh, I was working with a corporate attorney who asked uh, how he could retire as soon as possible within five years. He was pretty miserable in his job. He was traveling a ton, and he actually had a, a back issue that made uh, air travel really painful for him. And he felt trapped because they had a big home and kids in private schools and just felt like he had no choice but to keep grinding away. Well, after meeting with him, I said, look, my job isn't just here to help you figure out how to leave. It's also to help you figure out you know, what you'd be excited to go into, like what would light you up? And he asked, well, what does that have to do with my retirement planning? And 
Well, luckily his wife, you know, uh, shared, well, you know, what he loves is he loves history. He reads history books all the time. He watches the history channel. And so we started to think about how they might simplify their lifestyle and help him do what he would love, which was become a high school history teacher. And I'll tell you, over two years, we did that. We talked about their kids going to public schools instead of private, which the, 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 their boys wanted to. We talked about them downsizing their home later in life, and uh, they didn't need the country club that they hardly went to. So lo and behold, he became a high school history teacher two years later. His back issues went away. He and his wife were able to travel during the summers, which is something they wanted to do. And he was much, much happier. So helping people undefer their dreams is so rewarding. And I would just say when we go to this level, we not only enjoy our jobs more, but we will have raving fan clients for life. So I would encourage advisors to think about that opportunity to work up the value stack and provide coaching services, which are uniquely human, which will never be replaced by AI or digital offerings. Well, Seth, I can't thank you enough for joining us to kick off season three of FinPoint. So much so, in fact, that we're going to bring you back for episode two. Your insights, practices, and stories are incredible. We'll see you soon. Thank you so much, Mark. As we said at the top, we're going to cover a lot of ground this season, doing a deep dive on financial planning. Some of the topics we have lined up, life events as a catalyst for planning, acquiring planning clients, planning across the family tree, driving efficiency. We've got a great season in store for you with at least 10 episodes, all dedicated to financial planning. I hope you can join us as we chat with experts across the industry to learn more about trends and best practices. Thank you to Sanjeev and Seth, and thank you to you, our loyal listeners and our new listeners for tuning in. Until next time, I'm Mark Squires. To replay any FinPoint episode, please visit go.fidelity.com slash FinPoint or search for us on iTunes or Google Play. FinPoint is a production of Fidelity Investments. Any reproduction, transcription, or rebroadcasts of this content are forbidden without explicit permission. Information provided in this program is for informational and educational purposes only. To the extent any information in this material is deemed to be a recommendation, it is not meant to be impartial investment advice or advice in a fiduciary capacity, and is not intended to be used as a primary basis for you or your client's investment decisions. Fidelity and its representatives may have a conflict of interest in these products or services mentioned in this material because they have a financial interest in them and receive compensation directly or indirectly in connection with the management, distribution, and or servicing of these products or services, including fidelity funds, certain third-party funds and products, and certain investment services. Views are expressed as the date of the recording based on the information available at that time and may change based on market or other conditions. Unless otherwise noted, the opinions provided are those of the speakers and not necessarily those of Fidelity Investments or its affiliates. Fidelity does not assume any duty to update any of the information. Third-party trademarks and service marks are property of their respective owners. All other trademarks and service marks are the property of FMR LLC or its affiliated companies. Fidelity Institutional provides investment products through Fidelity Distributors Company LLC, clearing custody or the brokerage services through National Financial Services LLC or Fidelity Brokerage Services LLC, members NYSE, SIPC, and institutional advisory services through Fidelity Institutional Wealth Advisor LLC, copyright 2021 FMR LLC, all rights reserved, 972-211.1.0.